0: Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, love people, and reach our world. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the gracelife.church app. It's free and available wherever you download your apps. Let's go to this week's message in our series on the kingdom, the thing Jesus talked about more than anything else, and how this impacts the way we live today. I am so glad to be here with you. I really appreciate this opportunity that Jimmy's given me. It's it's been so awesome just to studying and the things that we've been learning in this series called The Kingdom of God. That's awesome. And I'm just, again, I'm just thrilled. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Today, we're going to go over part five. We're talking about part five, and this is going to be about your role in the kingdom. So before we dive into that, what we're going to do is going to pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to be Lord of everything that we do, and then we'll just go by his leading. How's that sound? All right. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your anointing. I pray your anointing would fall. I pray, Lord God, that you would go before us, that you would speak to hearts and minds and have the ears be receptive to your message. I pray that you do away with me, Father God, and glorify yourself. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yes. Part five of the kingdom. This is going to be great. We're going to do a quick recap of what we've learned so far, and then we are just going to jump right in. Okay. So if you recall in part one, Jimmy explained to us that it's Satan's plan to destroy us starting in the garden, but God had a plan to restore his kingdom by giving dominion back to man. We lost that when we sinned from the very beginning. God said, no, we're going to set things right. Right. In part two, we spoke about how God is on plan A to restore his kingdom. From the very beginning, he had it all planned out and nothing has changed. He's not trying to react and respond to the things that are happening. The plan consisted of Jesus Christ crushing the enemy on the cross, right? So, and then in part three, we talked about what happened on the cross, how Christ did two things. He destroyed and unraveled the works of the devil, and he saved us from the power of sin. It's not just about heaven. It's also about walking in power and in victory. And in part four, just last Sunday, our great friend Nick Lopresto focused on what it means that Jesus saved his people from sin and how it's only by Christ's power that we can be saved. It's not something that we could have dreamed up. It's not something that we can will into existence. It's only by the sacrifice of Christ, okay? And so in part five, we're gonna talk about our role as believers in God's kingdom. And, you know, to do that, I want to make sure that something is abundantly clear. I want to make sure that there is something that is solid in your mind so there's no confusion, because if you don't get this, you, you might be sitting here lost right now. What is the kingdom of God? What do we mean when we say the kingdom of God? What should be coming to mind? I want to I explain that to you so that we can make sure that we have the correct focus throughout this series. And in order to do that, I want to talk about three things that really blessed me and helped me to understand this concept. First, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay? It's the first thing. Yes. Ministered to me so much. Now we also have the Lord of the Rings story. Okay? The Lord of the Rings. And we also have Star Wars, the Star Wars saga. Come on, son. What do all these things have in common aside from the fact that I love them very much? What, 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 is, what, what is the thing they have in common? You could take Marvel, for example, and you've got Iron Man, and he's so great, and I love Iron Man. He just, oh, he just overcomes odds and just invents these things that blow anything out of the water, and then you got, well, you know, Spider Man. Spider Man's a young guy, but he's just had so much responsibility put on his shoulder. He carries that burden, and then he just does amazing things. You know, it's like Black Panther, Wakanda forever conquer forever just overcomes all kinds. He was a king that was seated in a place to take responsibility for the kingdom. What, what, but you know, you, know what I, you know what I really love? I love the Marvel universe. It's not just down to an individual. The entire thing that we see with Marvel, same thing with Lord of the Rings, same thing with Star Wars, is that they're small, tiny little stories that are interconnected and woven into one overarching epic. That's what it is. And that, my friends, is the kingdom of God. It is small, individual stories, little places in history, little instances, little glimpses that we see in the Bible that all weave together under one gigantic epic, right? And what is the point of this story? It's God restoring everything back to proper authority. God over mankind and mankind over creation, okay? God over mankind and mankind over creation. So here's where you come in. Here's where you come in, believer, because this epic tale, in this tale, you are a part of the kingdom of God. And Jimmy spoke on this and touched on this in part two. We are supposed to be kingdom of darkness crushing members of the kingdom of God. So what does that mean for you? How does that practically apply? You are in the kingdom of God, and it's your responsibility to crush the kingdom of darkness. That's your responsibility. Did you know, Christian, that you had such an epic role in this story? Did you know? Were you sitting here thinking that your life was worthless? Were you sitting here thinking that you were insignificant? You were in the kingdom of God, and it's your responsibility to crush and bring an end to the kingdom of darkness. Praise God. You are not worthless. You are loved. You are not powerless. You are powerful. Come on. Yes. God is good. So let's read, let's read a verse that's going to help reinforce This, we're gonna go to Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen behind me. It starts off and says, In the days of those kings, Uh, now before I continue reading, what do we mean by that? In the days of those kings, what we're basically talking about is the days when kings ruled on the earth, right? Governments have been established, kingdoms have risen and fall. We're basically talking about now. You can the days and all throughout history, when there has been authority established on earth by people. In the days of those kings, the God of the heavens will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. And this kingdom will not be left to another people. It will crush all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, but itself will endure forever. Believer, you are part of that kingdom God set up to crush the other kingdoms. Come on. We have an epic role in this epic story. Okay? So, but you know what? There's a problem. There's a problem that we could face while we try to walk out this great call that God has given us. And that is that most of us don't really know what that practically looks like in our life. We could sit here and we could say, yes, I'm a part of the kingdom of God. I'm supposed to crush the kingdom of darkness, but what do I do with that? How do I, how do I make that work? You know, um, a lot of times, honestly, we, we get it backwards. And we don't understand the authority that we have in Christ, so the enemy has us on the run. This is not the way that we're supposed to operate in God's kingdom. I, I, I'll give you an example in my own life for a very long time when i was young i was very very afraid of the dark i was afraid i hated being in dark places and the reason why is because i was convinced that when the lights were low and it was i was surrounded by darkness something in that darkness would come after me i was afraid but the reason why this was happening is because the enemy was trying to keep me in a state of fear so i wouldn't realize the command that i had over him I wouldn't realize the dominion that I truly had. If I could be so scared that I wouldn't respond, then I would be running from him instead of putting him in his place. He uses scare tactics, right? We are not supposed to flee from the devil. A lot of us flee from the enemy. This is not what we're supposed to do. That is not walking in the proper call that God has given us. Let me give you some verses that help you to understand this. 2 Timothy 2.22, it says, Flee from youthful passions." It's sin. 1 Corinthians 10.14 says, To flee from idolatry, this is also sin. If we're supposed to flee from anything, it should be sin. Right? What does it say about the devil? James 4.7 says, Resist the devil and he will flee. Matthew 6.18 says, The gates of hell will not overpower the church. Why do you have gates? You have gates to keep someone out, but it's not going to be enough to stop the church. We are supposed to resist the devil so the devil will flee. We're not supposed to flee from the evil that's around us. We need to understand the dominion and authority that God has given us in the kingdom of God. Come on. So yeah, so now what we're going to do, we're going to learn more about this role. Not only are we not supposed to flee, but we're supposed to be engaging. How does that happen? Let's go to the Bible. What does it say in Matthew chapter 28? This is the Great Commission. This is the last thing that Jesus said to his disciples before he rose to heaven. So it's very important that we pay attention to these words, but you'll also see the echoings of the fact that we are still on plan A. This has been a plan from the very beginning, and this is how we're supposed to operate if we're going to take our responsibility in this grand epic tale, this epic tale where we are the kingdom of God crushing the kingdom of darkness. So let's dive right in. Matthew chapter 28. Here's what it says. Jesus came near to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. So there's two things here that I want to point out. First off, we once again see the concept of God bringing everything under proper authority the authority that it should have been in the first place. He says, all authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. I have all authority, so I'm telling you to go. This is the proper authority, God over man, mankind over creation. You know, I, I want to stop right here and, and, and just and, and make a reference back to the Garden of Eden. Because there's something, ladies, I got to tell you this. Oftentimes, we get a lot of flack Thrown toward the ladies like Eve was the one who was deceived. Yeah, if she hadn't have been deceived, then everything would have been fine. Just leave it up to the woman to mess it up. Oh, (laughs) let me give you some grace. Let me give you some grace and tell you that even from the very beginning, we weren't operating in proper authority. Where does Adam's role come into all this? What happened with Adam in this situation? The Bible says that Adam was with her and he didn't say anything. So that's the first great failure of leadership that we've ever seen. The first great failure of leadership. It wasn't like Adam was off gardening somewhere, minding his own business, doing his thing, and Eve comes up and says, "'Hey, sweetheart, would you try this thing right here?' And he's like, "'Oh, baby, I love you. "'It looks so good. "'Oh, I sinned, oh!' No, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. He should have had the proper dominion and authority. He hadn't lost dominion yet. He should have told the serpent to be quiet. Get out of here. He should have told them to be gone. He should have told Eve, baby, don't touch that. Baby, don't eat that fruit. I know you don't agree with me right now. I know it's something you really want to do. Let's talk about it when the snake's not around. We can have a sidebar conversation, but just trust me. Trust me. This is what should have happened. We should have been walking in the proper authority, God over a man, and then mankind over creation, right? What's the second thing that we see in this verse in Matthew 28? We see things that echo in Genesis 1, where man was told to multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Look what he says to the disciples. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Spread out and take over. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. Subdue the earth, God over man, mankind over creation. That is our role. That is our role. You know, it's, it, there, there, there could be a question in someone's mind at this point. You could be saying to yourself, okay, that's all well and good. But why, if that's the case, we learned earlier that Christ crushed Satan on the cross. How come he's not reigning now? How come he's not here? Why did he have to ascend? Why did he leave? What's going on with this scenario if something just doesn't seem right? Well, let me tell you, let's go back to Daniel 2.44. We're going to read it again. If we can put that on the screen one more time. In the days of those kings, the God of the heavens will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. And this kingdom will not be left to another people. It will crush all these kingdoms and bring them to an end. Jesus left the job of crushing all these other kingdoms to us. He left them to us. Jesus told his disciples that you will do greater things than you've seen me do. You think him raising the dead was great. You're supposed to crush the kingdom of darkness. You think him healing somebody was great. You're supposed to crush the kingdom of God, darkness. Believer, do you understand your great calling, your epic role? You are Spider-Man. You are Iron Man. You are Captain America. This is something that we have been left to do. Praise God. All right, so we have an amazing role. We have an epic role. So what we're going to talk about now and this is, this is a plan from the very start. Again, from the very beginning, God wove this story together. So how do we effectively walk this out in our lives? How do we become kingdom of darkness crushing members of the kingdom of God? Well, I submit to you, brothers and sisters, that there are three things that if we latch on to these three things, we would see overwhelming victory in this area in our lives. Okay. So we're gonna put them on the screen so we can figure out how we can walk this out. Number one, become disciplined in reading God's word, okay? This should not be an afterthought. This should not be something you make time for. Do you, do you, know, do you know that you are part of the kingdom of heaven and it's your job to crush darkness? Why would you go into a dark place with no equipment? Why would you go into darkness unarmed? That is not your call. Make it a priority. There's no excuse for this. You have time. Set your alarm 10 minutes earlier, 20 minutes earlier, 30 minutes earlier. Make time for it. This should be our life's blood. Read and let the word of God saturate you. Amen. Number two, become disciplined in obeying God. What did you learn when you read the Bible? Now go out and do it. Be the kind of person that takes your light into dark places. Because when God gives us blessings, he doesn't give us blessings just so that we can sit fat and happy somewhere where nobody can touch us. That's not what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to go and we are supposed to change this world by defeating the kingdom of darkness. And and I want to tell you something. Before we move on to the third point, we're not even going to put it up there yet. I need to tell you something about points number one and number two. And that is that most of us are not very good at doing both of them. Most of us are not very good at both reading God's word and obeying God's word. We have individuals that may be good at one or the other. And I'll give you an example. You may read God's word every morning, it may be the thing that wakes you up. You may even lead classes or go to life groups or Sunday schools, teach other people about everything that God is showing you. But you never take that knowledge outside of the safety of the church. And so the very thing that it was meant to do impact the world of darkness, it's not doing because you're only talking to the people that are like preaching to the choir. We need to go outside of these walls and affect this world for Christ. Number two, there's there's some people who are happy to go. They're movers, they're shakers. They're always doing all these different types of things with people in the world. And they're not ashamed to say that they represent Christ, but they don't have the word in their heart. How do you expect to have power in these situations if you're not coming toward them with God's word? God didn't call you to party with the people who party and not represent him. God didn't call you to drink with the people who drink and not represent him. You know, Jesus was called a wine bibbler and friends of sinners. He was with the people who partied. He drank with the people who drank. But he brought truth to them. God's truth and God's word. We have to make sure that we are doing both of these things if we expect to have power. Amen? All right. So we got that settled. Let's talk about the third thing. The third thing that you can do. Learn your spiritual gifting. Learn your spiritual gifting. You see, here at Grace Life, we have a program called First Step. And there's a portion of First Step that is specifically geared toward helping you discover what your spiritual gift is. Why do we do that? You know, it'd be easy to assume that the only reason we do this is because we want you to join one of our service teams. And and I'm gonna tell you something. I would love for you to join one of our teams. But I'm gonna tell you that's not the reason. I wanna pull back the curtain a little bit and let you understand what the heart is behind the reason we teach about spiritual gifts. If you've gone through First Step with me and we've had this class, then it's repeat information. But sometimes it's okay to hear things more than once. Amen? Right? So here is the purpose and here's the reason. We believe. That your spiritual gifting is the primary way that God is going to evangelize the world through you. It's the primary way that he increases the kingdom of God. So if you understand your spiritual gifting, it doesn't matter if you get orders across the world. It doesn't matter if you're at your job. It doesn't matter if you're in your neighborhood or at the store. You're walking in your spiritual gifting, and the kingdom of God is expanding. It's expanding. That's what we're all about. Praise God. Learn your spiritual gift. You may be sitting here, and you might be thinking to yourself, okay. Well, Chris, that's easy for you to say. You're standing up on the stage. You've obviously got a gift to speak, but my gift is, is, is serving. My gift is serving. It's not my spiritual gift, by the way. That's not, that's, you know, Lord hasn't. But anyway, back to the point. <laughs> Do you understand that there are so many people out there that are hurting and need love? There are so many people out there that are overburdened and they just need somebody just to, just, just please, just take the baby for a second, please. Do you know there's so many people that are struggling because they are overwhelmed and they just need someone to serve them. Don't you understand how much God will speak to someone's heart for that? Amen. Elise loves telling this story. My wife, Elise, the reason we ended up at Grace Life is because someone said we had free coffee and childcare. I was like, we're there. Come on. Yeah, God spoke to us in that moment. See what I'm saying? Your gift is important. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, oh, well, I've got the gift of administration. I, you know, I don't see how that, you know, glorifies the kingdom of God. Also not one of my gifts, by the way, right? But don't you understand that there are so many people in this world that get so stressed out when things are not in order? They need administration in their life. There is a YouTube series, and it says most disturbing um, tasks that you can watch. And they'll have somebody, and they'll have a cake. And then they'll start cutting the cake into equal slices. And then they'll, like, trip, and they'll make it, you know, they'll mess it up, you know? Or someone's, like, mowing a lawn, and all of a sudden, they'll just start going in circles, you know? And that's the kind of video that I look at the comments and they're like, I can't even watch this. This is terrible. I look at that video and laugh. I'm like, ah, that was hilarious. You don't understand how much God can speak to somebody's heart that just needs to have a nice, clean, organized space to sit down so that they can be receptive to what God is saying. Remember, you are Iron Man. You have a role in this story. That is great. Learn your spiritual gifting so you know how to evangelize. This world. I want to tell you, um, last week I had an opportunity to do this in my own life. And for, for, you, for those of you who may not know, I am a, a rap artist. I do hip-hop. But with my music, everything about my faith is constantly intertwined into everything that I say. It's basically like hearing a sermon with hip-hop. That's basically what it is, right? So I had an opportunity just this last week to perform at a venue that was not a Christian venue, guys. I'm telling you, it was, it was not a place that you would expect someone to come in and start speaking the word of God. And when I was about to get on stage and perform these songs, I remember for the first five seconds or so, I, I had a little bit of anxiety, and I, and I remember praying, and I was like, God, these people aren't going to accept this message. They're not used to hearing this. They're not used to hearing people talk about you. And God spoke to my heart, and he said, you need to say the things I tell you to say. Yes, sir. You need to say what I tell you to say. It's like, yes, sir, I got you. I got you. So we performed that set, and what happened after I got off the stage, the next two artists that were coming up to perform changed everything that they were going to do and dropped their set list, and instead... perform things that talked about their faith in Jesus Christ. That's what happens. That's what happens. We're supposed to bring the light into dark places. Don't worry about what other people think. You have a greater calling. You have a greater king. These people who had this this venue, they were not my king. They were not the people I was loyal to. They were not the people that I owed my life to. I need to listen to him and say the things he tells me to be, to say, so I can be a kingdom of darkness crushing member of the kingdom of God. Come on. Yes, that's what we need to do. You see, when we bring the light in the dark places, it changes the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere. You, as a member of the kingdom of God, need to be the catalyst for change in this world. You know, at the end of every service, the worship leader says right before he dismisses, he or she dismisses, go and make Jesus famous in this world. Go and make Jesus famous in Colombia, My friends, that is a call to action we are the kingdom of God. It is our responsibility to crush the kingdom of darkness. We need to go from this place and bring our light to dark places. God be glorified. Amen. All right. So now I want to speak to a group of individuals that may have heard this entire message. and You might have said, you know, Chris, I can't do what you're saying because I know that I'm not in the kingdom of God. I know I've never made the decision to say, God, take my life, whatever it is, get rid of it and make me follow you wherever you want me to go. I submit everything that I am and I ask you that you would accept me as your child made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you're here and you've never done that, but you feel it in your heart right now that you know it's something that you're supposed to do you know that this is your time you know that this is your moment don't let anything stop you know that the safest place for you is right in the center of God's will right in the center the only thing that you'd be giving up is filthy rags that's the only thing you'd be giving up you'd be grasping onto life life eternal and life right now God is the God of every moment we sang it earlier He's the God of every moment. So if that's you, pray with me. We're all going to pray as a church together. Invite Christ into your life. This is your moment and this is your opportunity. Lord Jesus, I call on you right now and ask you to forgive me of who I am and forgive me of the things that I've done and take my life and make it whatever you want my life to be. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that I will be given the strength by you to serve you, obey you, and listen when you speak. Lord God, I thank you for this opportunity. Let my life give you glory from this moment on. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right, let's celebrate with those people. That's the best thing we could ever do. The Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. For more information about us, you can go to gracelife.me. That's gracelife.me. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Me and on Twitter at gracelifechurch.